0: Your voice, your podcast voice, is, I've decided is better than mine, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Hi everyone. Hi everyone and welcome to the, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, welcome to the uh, episode thirty-two of the Are We Still Here podcast um, with me, Sasha, and me, Jess. Um, second podcast of the year, second podcast of the year,
1: second podcast of the year.
0: Second- uh, it's the twelfth today, Jess. How have The first two weeks of January been for
1: you? Uh, Good, but like extremely busy. Uh, Both of us had this conversation yesterday where we both were like, I don't think we've taken that much more on. Um, I don't think we're doing much more than we would normally do. But oh my God, it's so busy. And then when we actually broke it down, we have taken on a lot more. Um, It's so funny how sometimes like your perspective until you actually write it down or think about it in more detail is so skewed and then you're like oh no that's why <laughs> no, no, I don't, I it was. no I
0: first week was busy with um one-to-ones I had quite a few quite a few clients with COVID last week um mm. but then everything kind of cleared up and then Monday this is Wednesday today so on Monday <sighs> fuck I had, a re- I had really you, you know those days you, well you'll get it where it's so busy but it's really productive you know that busy and productive are two different yeah. like when the two
1: come yeah. together
0: it's really good so I had a first initial consult with uh my new client Polly and then I had a, a long call with uh my one of my long-term clients and the, the the two calls were both long one was well they were both like between an hour and an hour and a half and my mind was literally like a marshmallow afterwards because it was just like but those both those chats had to happen so it was like it was really really productive and, and I actually enjoyed them but then I had all my program my Monday programming to do and then I had two more calls at five and six yeah and so after that I was like like if every Monday was like that which it won't be um, you know it's a, re- it's a really tough day and that's why sometimes I find like uh, I think that like working from home and stuff yeah okay it's more relaxing because you know you can go off and do whatever like I found that was probably my
1: busiest working from home day I've ever had. Um, yeah and it's like the time flies as well doesn't it which like looking back to when I don't know about you but when I worked for a company you prayed for those days where they just flew by because it was like so nice like oh, yeah the days are flying by it's good you're productive you're getting stuff done um I know what you mean but I don't know whether that's a little bit of like a new year theme as well for me because I definitely feel like that time off and how often do we talk about this as well like being able to give yourself time off actually makes you more productive being able to come back at it.
0: Oh, my God. No, definitely. But also, that's probably why it felt so busy, because I was used to, you know, I I I let myself chill over Christmas because my clients are all in a point where they can, you know, we can all just kind of just chill and, yeah, and yeah. there's something really extreme going on. So it's nice to be able to not switch off, but just let things tick over in the background, like we always say. And that's probably why Monday and Tuesday this week absolutely slapped me across the face. <laughs> Tuesday yeah me across the room <laughs> but again in a good way because I had you know I had a busy one-to-one day yesterday I had um um I had a call with my uh, uh one of my clients who lives in Melbourne so obviously I have to do that early doors because yeah. she is at night for her so that was like seven o'clock and then one-to-one 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 then I got home and and had a call within five minutes and then you're just like oh yeah, yeah. good but
1: that's not the norm yeah um, it's, it is crazy like I and mean, me and Matt was the same last night like I finished having calls um at seven and then I needed to go get my uh, Asda shop so I was like went and got it came back Matt had cooked tea he'd like put it on the table it was like half seven like we sat down then we like tidied up we need to put the bins out There was loads of cardboard boxes from like stuff that we had delivered and we were both like sat down and we were like well done well well done <laughs> I think we were both just like what like it just it, it was just like such a non-stop day and then if you think about it if that's like an hour of you just trying to like not think or it's just it's it's hard it's hard going it's not enough hours in the day sometimes it is, it is. and obviously it's very nice you know it's nice to be busy what's yeah. your um, thoughts on the 24 hours in a day uh molly may thing that's going around right <laughs> Sasha's got hands on her eyes
0: <laughs> my eyes are puffy don't they I did I, I really good last night but I don't know why is just so puffy um for those listening who don't know what we're talking about I think it's it's frustrating that me and Jess both knew straight away when she the 24 hours because it, it just shows how social media can just impact us everyone knows what everyone's talking about but... yeah,
1: although i remember that pod coming out in december but no one talking about it until now yeah because it came out a while ago so basically
0: stephen bartlett who is the ceo of social chain um a very much rags to riches story who's actually on dragon's den now as one of the dragons which is pretty cool to be honest but yeah I'll just say that um he does a podcast called diary of the ceo which is a massive which I think is a really important part of this the whole thing we're going to talk about because you've got to think about the customer of that podcast yeah they're probably doing they're probably young budding entrepreneurs probably under the age of 30 um probably inspired by people like uh, Martin, who else have, have they had on there? Um Ben Francis from Gymshark, uh Grace Beverly. Um, just been, he's just done James Smith as well. That's coming out next week. Just done James Smith, okay. And I know James Smith says he's rags to riches, but he's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> born, born in what was it? Like
0: adopted by a rich family in Berkshire. So.
1: Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah,
0: you know, I I like I think he's fine, but I think yeah it's a it's a very rags to riches um uh kind of uh, he's sorry so molly may basically came on and she you know let's just say this: she's 22 years old i said dumb shit when i was 22 jess i'm sure you did
1: too no yeah, yeah sure.
0: but when you're 22 you don't know what day it is let alone um what's going on in the world
1: very um, it, na- you're very naive in your thought process you think you know a lot but you don't know a lot like is what i would say
0: absolutely
1: absolutely um and
0: she said oh we've all got the same the old saying we've all got the same 24 hours a day." Um, and she said, I know people look down on that statement, but it's true really, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, it is true.
1: We all have 24 hours in a day. Yes. If you were going off a unit of time, there is 24 hours in a day. Yes.
0: Exactly. Um, but then she got absolutely annihilated, um, which I think is terrible considering the whole Caroline Flack thing, um, Daisy Coleman in America, and just these people who are just young and... it's. I've been on a pedestal for no particular reason. That's the dangerous thing. It's like we need to stop um
1: idolizing these people.
0: People who no this is not this is not to Molly by the way. This is just to anyone. Like we need to stop idolising people that have done the bare minimum. People and, who have been on a
1: reality show and got fame and then you view that their opinion should be that of somebody who is like I don't know like has got a, a really well-rounded view of the world or whatever and it's like I don't know it's like almost we put them on these pedestals to then be annoyed at them and what she what she said was really really naive um but she's getting so much more backlash than somebody who probably has got like a more well-rounded view on the world like even like Jordan Peterson right like we know who he is but there'll be a lot of people who are Molly Mae fans who have no idea who he is
0: exactly
1: yeah exactly and she's,
0: you know, I'm. I'm this, is, this is just a fact, this isn't me berating her, but she came from a very rich family. She went on Love Island. She literally said in an interview that she went on Love Island so she p- could become an influencer and make money. She used her the knowledge that she had and the way that she knew that that, that world worked to basically come out of Love Island on top rather than in the gutter. Um, and she's done very well. She's and now she's the creative director of... Um, Saying awesome. so the issue lies and what i thought was quite funny actually is that there were so many people saying like oh you buy from uh, your own plt you buy from you know slave labor like post like commenting off an iphone it's like you do realize that iphones are made in a factory in china where they have to put barricades on top to stop people from jumping off right mm. you understand that and I- yeah, I have an iPhone. I'm not saying that I'm better, but you can't berate someone from buying from a shop that, that uses slave labor when you're, what you're posting from an iPhone. Mm. I can look at, look at if, you know, if you're hundred percent eco warrior and you do, wouldn't dare to use an iPhone and whatever, then yeah, feel free to have negative thoughts on this thing, but you, you're not in the position to tell someone that they're a terrible person for, but for, um, talking about plt when we know what happens in apple factory
1: yeah i think i think as well it's like what i've noticed a lot in the in the the news around it is um like talking about her salary and stuff like that and it's like in comparison to um like work like the factory workers and stuff and it's like obviously what the press is trying to do there is make the biggest like gap to shock and awe like oh my god like she earns 600 whatever k a year £3.50 an hour yeah it's like the 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 biggest yeah and it's like of course that's what they're trying to do and use as a headline and, and I get that the like you might argue that's way too much money for someone to get paid you I also agree I'm sure all of us agree that's too little but I even read recently around um because I told you I read Shoe Dog which is like the uh, memoir of uh, Phil Knight and uh, how he started Nike. And, and everything like that. And it was really, really interesting. And he basically said at the end how in certain countries, maybe I think it was like in Taiwan or um, like Vietnam and stuff where they um, realized that their conditions weren't good enough and that they weren't paying them enough. Um, they paid them more, but then the country basically said to them like, you can't pay them more because it's it's not fair that factory workers are getting paid more than doctors. And it's like, it's the discrepancy then is out, right? So it's got it's got to make sense for the country. So of course, us looking at factory workers and going, oh my god, they get paid three pound fifty, in another country. That's not me saying in England because I don't know what the facts are around what people get paid here for working for pretty little thing or whatever. But it's like that. Of course, those things are going to be different because they're based in different countries. So it's like they're attack. It's it's a really hard one. Like I totally and um, the whole reason we've got onto this is the twenty four hours in the day thing. I say to clients all the time, my 24 hours aren't the same as my clients' 24 hours. Someone who's got three kids, works a job, a 30-hour job every single week, and is caring for their elderly parent is not the same as mine. A young, like, early 30-year-old who hasn't got much responsibility, like, minus owning a house, I've got a stepdaughter, like, that type of stuff. Like, that's, that's pretty much... And it, do you know what I mean? It's like totally on, like you can't relate the two. You
0: can't. Exactly. And also this, if we're going to just forget the Molly May thing. Yeah, let's. And turn it into a a social media thing, which is, this is why social media can skew with people's thoughts because there's zero context. Mm. For example, that Phil Knight thing that you just said, the, the factory workers in Leicester, the fact that um, countries uh, the the wage the average wage in different countries is totally 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 different the fact that molly Mae's 22 and don't have a clue what's going on the fact that we it's our fault she's in that position because we idolize not me and not you i assume but younger people idolize an influencer over someone who's actually like done something like amazing with their life like there's zero context towards any of it and, and for some reason, this poor young girl has now had to fucking go into hiding or something. It's like, it's fucking mental. Yeah. But it's both sides. And there's zero, is it again, that like, we don't know all the information. All we know is that they dramatize it and they put it on TikTok and put it on Facebook and put it on Instagram, be like, Molly said this, and every single factory worker for PLT gets paid £3.50. And everyone's like, Well, I work 12 hours on an A and E ward and blah, blah. I was like, yeah, okay. There's people in different situations. It's not Molly May's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happened to have said it out loud on a podcast. And then Stephen Barlow obviously left a thing saying it was about gender and stuff, and it's like, no, it's not, Stephen.
1: It it it's about
0: so many different things.
1: And yeah, it, and then I even read an article the other day which was like, we need to stop letting like these naive influences get away with it. And it's like, and then there's an element of that where you're like, I don't know. I kind of I kind of see the point of that as well because it's like there is a lot of people saying silly things, but like Sash says, have we not all said silly things when we were young, like that we regret, like. It, it's but it's an education thing, and like hopefully she'll take a lot away from it or whatever. I know, I know she did put like a a post out the other day, which maybe wasn't the best response to it all, but still it's like wow. okay, if it's not in your interest to like know what she's saying, just don't follow her anymore. like just remove that from your life, similar with anything. And it's like, why do
0: we care what she says so much? Mm. I, I don't. It was just impossible to steer away from that over the last few days because it was everywhere. In our mm. bubble and in, in our age and in, in the social media world, like it's it's there and it's hard to ignore. Um, but I'm sure if I asked my mum or mass or even Campbell or you know the people we we we're, we're close with, they'd be like, "Who? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's just be like I saw a thing on Facebook and said, and someone had commented on it saying, "What's a Molly May?" <laughs> <laughs> These people don't you know. It, it's our
1: choice. It's our choice that we're and. It- about it getting involved in it and it's mad isn't it like I I'll hold my hands up and say that I've watched uh uh one or two seasons of Love Island I did not watch the one that Molly May was in but I know who she is it's hard to not know who people are when it's like that isn't it like seven million followers statistically you'll know who she is yeah yeah for sure um but the whole like let's let's bring it back to health and fitness because I think we should um but like the whole 24 hours in a day thing like Sash and I saying how busy we are like it's all relative right and it's it it has to um it has to make sense and like our jobs as coach coaches are to to be able to empathize that everyone's day looks different like we had a call this morning didn't we Sash, talking about um some people who have only got set slots in their week to be able to exercise and, and if that isn't there for whatever reason at all everything shifts and it, it is difficult sometimes to keep that routine and structure. But I I'm something I always try to talk to clients about is like having flexibility like within it's within like a little bit of wiggle room to give you that like option of if this doesn't happen then that's okay but what I'll do instead is maybe something else so like I say to clients sometimes with food or with exercise like play the if then game so like if I don't get to work out today because work is the nightmare and things overrun then I'll go for a walk after work instead or if I don't get to work out today because it's impossible then I'll make sure tomorrow I do this or and it kind of gives you that that sort of like backup of helping yourself out a little bit with without, without feeling like you the all or nothing mindset you can't do it because we all are going to have those busy days and busy weeks busy years for a lot of us like and it, it is you've got to be kind of have that that flexibility to be able to move with it
0: absolutely and there's pro there's pros and cons to you know I know it, it's it's personality types some people like some people like um thrive in chaos and some people thrive in order and I personally, I'd say I'd more go towards the order side, but when I am living in slight chaos, um I'm quite good at just thinking. Like for example, on Monday, I couldn't have trained if my life depended on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> because when would I have done it? I had calls really early in the morning. And I finished late at night, and to the point where, like, I I I could barely eat my dinner. I was just like, fuck about. Mm-hmm. I've done loads today, but. I would never think oh, damn it yeah,
1: yeah. But isn't, some people would try to shoehorn that in yeah
0: when I would think if I tried to train on Monday it would it probably would have been shit I wouldn't I probably would have just been thinking about the tasks that I had to do afterwards so I just thought True so I to do now like there's a there's structure in the chaos as in as long as as long as on a really really busy week as long as I get to good strength sessions in and obviously I walk everywhere anyway so I don't really uh, I'm lucky that I don't really have to think about that but as long as I get two really good strength sessions in I'm fine I don't know when I'm gonna do them just yet (laughs) I don't know how long I'm gonna have for them just yet but it doesn't matter because as long as I do two that's fine Mm. a lot of people say oh I missed my workout on Tuesday oh okay um I'll just do one this week like no well could you do on Wednesday yeah have you got a quiet weekend could you maybe just pop out before everyone wakes up and and just do it and that's personally something that I would would be happy to do but I don't think shoehorning a training session into an absolutely massive day is the way to combat you having a better relationship with exercise Mm. because it's for it, it it's like it's for it's forcing it and and it's probably not going to be optimal and I would always then just recommend just just get out I did like for example on Monday between 4 15 and 4 45 I did a speed walk loop around the Didsbury block because I was like fuck I need to get out otherwise my brain's gonna like explode you know that's not exactly deadlifts squats bench pressing pull-ups is it but
1: it did the job because I came back. I was like, okay, whew, Whew. let's get back. (laughs) And and there's a difference, isn't there, as well, of like the days, like I'm guilty of it some days where I'll do a workout, but my workout, I don't walk to the gym. Like I've actually got my garage gym at the minute and I might do a workout in there, but then sit down at my desk the rest of the day. And then I look at my steps and it's like, you've done 3000 steps all day because I've still exercised, but I've been sedentary the rest of the day and that's also not helpful. So it's like- just keeping an eye on like the things that that help us out from a um like basic point of view and that's something that we said we wanted to to talk about today is like overcomplicating. if you've already if you're a type of person who's got a really busy schedule um or even a a schedule that differs day to day i work with quite a lot of nurses um it's like trying to make things happen on certain days is not going to work like on their 12 hour night shift days they're all out of sync so it's better to focus on the days where they're maybe they're feeling better and they've got more time and energy and and stuff like that and that doesn't mean that on their days they're at work they don't do anything it's like okay well we'll prioritize the things that are in their control drinking water like getting steps in being more active like acknowledging when to not have caffeine when they're trying to fall asleep and that type of thing absolutely but then sometimes it's about prioritizing stuff that isn't necessarily
0: seen as for example prioritizing putting your feet up
1: yeah 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 like yeah. that's not yeah to yeah say, it is yeah.
0: need to do as many steps as possible i need to do this i need to keep moving it's like not if you're on an a and e ward you don't you need
1: to fucking sit, sit the hell sit the hell down please have a nap but those people find it the hardest don't they like to to chill like yeah. and i i'm even a little bit like that like i can sit on the sofa well, I'll sit on the sofa on my laptop. I'll be posted something on Instagram. Like my, my my brain is still working.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and I totally get that. And and I had a client who um she was A, had been for a long time, you know, night shift, night shift. She'd send me through her roster and everything, and I was just like, oh! But she was doing Barry's boot camp after a night shift in the morning. And I was like, whoa. She was like, Yeah, you know, we try and do like 10 in a row sometimes. And I was just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what barry's bootcamp is it's an hour of high intensity training yeah us do you think fitness oh, I- cortisol <laughs> here's here's a bucket
1: yeah
0: here's another one i'm gonna pour a of shitload of fucking cortisol in there you know what's already high cortisol
1: you cortisol love yeah you know, I think like when I think of because I used to work in one of those types of gyms. right? We've discussed this before. Like I also think of barriers like the, the red neon lights. Imagine your body, right? And you're already in stress zone. <laughs> and There's red neon lights in your eyes. I bet you're like your body's like, yep, this is it. I'm amageddon. I'm let's go. Let's go. Exactly.
0: And that's why like exercise is, is a stressor. We know this. It's, it, you know, there are good stressors and bad stressors. Um, it's a good. It's a stressor. You know, it, we can't avoid these things. But then it's like, if, you're, if your life is um, staying up all night, looking after people on a ward and then going home and trying to sleep for as long as you can, but you find it hard because it's light outside and it's summer and everyone's out having fun and you're in a dark room. Um, and then you want it, you're not feeling like you're doing exercise. So you just fall for barries in there at eight in the morning when you've not slept. It's like you, the benefit, well, the lack of, because that workout, is not going to benefit you at all the only thing you're going to get from that workout is ding 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 dopamine hit <laughs>
1: and to make you feel like you're, you've done something and it's just like that feeling's a mask right it's a short-term feeling that dopamine hit might hide uh how stressed and tired you are for for a short period of time while while they go the chemicals release through your body but what it doesn't like acknowledges the feeling maybe later on. And like I used to, and the only reason I say this is because I was that person so guilty. No, I haven't worked night shifts or anything like that. But I always used to chase that uh feeling of like working myself as hard as possible uh, in a workout. Like I used to do a lot of CrossFit, like the WAS and stuff. And then getting to the end and thinking, oh my God, that was so good. Like I'm so sweaty and that was really, really tough. And yeah, that was amazing. But then in reality going, Oh my God, my recovery was really poor. I didn't sleep very well last night. Oh my God, the doms are really bad. Like that's your body going, hey guys, that's not... I'm, I know you enjoyed it in your head, but in our body here, we did not enjoy that. Please don't do that again. So why do we do that? Because of what it's marketed as. It's marketed as fitness, right? And in again, I've been in those gyms and it's so... It is like the, the sparkle and the magic of it. It's so like... Um, it's like a kid in a candy shop it like brings you in it draws you in because it's like oh well that's cool or that looks really nice or that's instagrammable or whatever like it it's very like um ego driven I think is probably the best way to put it god
0: it's my as someone who I've actually I guess CrossFit lured me in for a bit
1: but we've, yeah, we've all been there with something that's brought us in and it's because they know how to do it and there are certain, we've got to acknowledge that there are certain perks that make, make us stick it out or do it for a bit longer. But it's like that, that. what we said when we first started this podcast, like the truth will set you free, but at first it'll piss you off. So like knowing all this and knowing and understanding it a little bit more, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's but really annoying because actually I did really like that. Or um, like... I've definitely fallen hook, line, and sinker for that before. I think that's that's what it is. And I also think like there's nothing that would stop me ever from like doing a Barry's classic or anything like that again. I know you might think differently, but I would take it within an approach of what have I got on that week? What's why am I doing it? Oh, it's a social thing. I'm meeting my friend in so-and-so to do it. Okay, cool what am I going to do that night? Well, not a lot. I'm going to try and recover and I'm not going to do anything the next day because my body's going to be a little bit sore or whatever. And in the actual session itself, i am not going to be chasing my heart rate on the board? No, I'm actually just going to be focusing on movement or whatever, like those types of things. So it's trying to like acknowledge the why when you're in it, even though a lot of people go, there not thinking of the why, they just want to be told what to do. I think that's it.
0: Exactly. And that's like if I did, if I did go to one of those classes, I would I would 100 percent scale everything my mm. own ability. But the one thing I guess I would struggle with is them going like faster, faster, faster. Because I'd be like, why though?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you're like, right, you want to you want to increase the incline, you want to go to the next speed. Sasha yeah. would be like, <laughs> Sasha would be like the kid in the class, like, hi. <laughs> Give me a reading, please, for this professional. Because... Annoying, you're like the annoying toddler when they first start talking. Why?
0: 100% and I, I'm not ashamed of that whatsoever. Me <laughs> and Dan, who we were just on a call with, we sometimes say like if we were on a call and they were talking about that and they were like, I don't know, like glorifying it or, and we'd literally be like, excuse me um you know what you know what you just said can you explain that to me with with some reason because it makes no sense I'm just interested as to how you got to that conclusion and then I'd be asked to. Sasha has left the chat
1: (laughs) (laughs) what was that um what was that thing in 2020 where it was the parish council meeting and the woman booted booted the lady out (laughs) (laughs)
0: literally that's me
1: yeah that would be You'd get booted out.
0: Literally because I can't, now I know and I've done the work, I can't unsee it. It's the same with nutrition stuff. Like, if someone says something that is, is categorically not true, mm. what am I just going to be like? Yeah, yeah, because everyone's fucking loving it. I'm going to be like, no, that's is, is literally false. Like, I get there's nuance and, like you know, it's a, there's it's an argument for both sides, but sometimes it's just categorically not true. Mm. And I'm like, okay sorry but no yeah otherwise what am I doing why am I even in this job you know why Why do I coach people if
1: I don't even know like the solid truths about certain things um it's our job to be curious right we say that all the time it's our job to be curious with clients and ask ask questions to either help them self-identify or together come to a bit of an answer and, and, and direction but also like people are paying us to be curious in our jobs to know like what's what's mm-hmm. like what's relative to their situation like why science makes sense like it's all fair and well people prescribing things but without much knowledge or explanation it's just blind leading the blind right exactly and it's just and we have to
0: be super super wary like I'm going to read this post up that was um uh going on the other day because fuck me it it it, it it blew my mind because it's like it's so hard to get away from it I do it you you'll do it Jess like we all do it um and it's just about our like gathering information on things and our beliefs and what we know or slash what we think excuse me to be true here it is I'll read out a little bit it's um it was a Dr John Barardi. Uh, the biggest mistakes smart people, even experts, make, and why it's so easy to make these mistakes. Um, basically, it's saying um, it's time to get real about something. There's a fair bit of research out there that's open to interpretation. As a result, it's not hard to find research that justifies our own preferences. Mm-hmm. Imagine this: suppose I enjoy. This is what makes me laugh because Mass was drinking lemon water. <laughs> Suppose I enjoy a glass of lemon water in the morning, okay? So I think to myself, hmm, maybe there's a health benefit to this, let's find out. So I visit PubMed, which is like um, lots of reviews and studies on the world's largest index of biomedical research and search for scientific studies that support the use of lemon water. Or I Google something like health benefits of lemon water and there's, there's millions of results, bingo. Now I can start spreading the news of the virtuous lemon water and give myself a pat on the back for enjoying my superior morning beverage. See the problem here, I'm biased, you're biased, we're all biased. And when we lead with our biases, the type of research we do is often born of a desire to justify our preferences and natural inclinations, even if if we're using quote unquote evidence. Um, It's a dangerous practice, one that breeds self-justification and a certain kind of evidence blindness to research that doesn't support one's preferences. It also signals the end of curiosity, which was what we just spoke about, Jess, which is the art of scientific inquiry. It happens all the time, even to smart people and good thinkers. They let their personal preferences lead their information search instead of legitimately trying to get to the bottom of what humans do know. which I read it and I was like obviously we know this but it's such a good way of thinking about it because I'm 100% sure it most people will have a view about something like someone commented on it for example which I thought was a bit was quite cool Uh, an approach I use is to search the opposite of what I'm looking for like um, why shouldn't you drink lemon water
1: yeah yeah
0: he's just saying that as an example and i'm sure lemon water isn't damaging in any way um except for your teeth yeah there you go, right um and then another guy and then i'll go off this but i just thought this is really interesting he commented on it saying i remember on my dietetic dietic, i'm so bad at saying this word Basically, he studied to be a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> Remember on, uh, on my dietitian degree, maybe second year in, having to do a report on the possible health issues of artificial flavours, I was convinced all the research would support the very established general opinion that they are bad, right? Because everyone says they're bad. Yeah. Um, uh, or they cause various issues. It really opened my eyes that there's actually hardly any supporting research that was driving such a strong public opinion.
1: So what said, was the actual claim, sorry? Um,
0: about uh, artificial colours being bad for you. Yeah, yeah. When you're growing up, I'll tell you what, I heard that they gave you ADHD, that they could um lead to certain kind
1: of... What are you thinking? What name the drink you're thinking of? From your childhood. bro. No, Sunny D. Yes, Sunny D! <laughs> One man once turned orange from drinking too much Sunny D. That was a rumour that went around at primary school, wasn't it?
0: It's a common thing. If you said if I went to if I jumped,
1: jumped out my window. If I went out my door,
0: door right now and saw I hopped
1: out this window down the drain pipe and onto the street like Spider-Man.
0: If I asked Jane from next door, uh Jane, her
1: artificial colours are bad for you. She's like, Yes. But it's in the title, isn't it? Artificial makes you think because it's negative. Artificial is often viewed as negative.
0: But this guy who's it, who's done a fucking degree, whatever, he used it as an example and he could couldn't find any research or, or, or very very minimal research but the, the public opinion that artificial colors are so bad for you is
1: is literally like it's worldwide but it's again language is a big one here isn't it because like i said artificial makes people think something straight away just like it on the opposite side of it people use um, buzzwords that have literally just been created in the last probably like ten or twenty years to make you believe something is superior, such as uh, this is a superfood, avocado, blueberries—they're all superfoods. Yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong, there's multiple benefits to them, but uh, what makes them so super? And it's like yeah. when people talk about foods. In, I had a client say to me the other day, like, um, h- how how much fruit is too much fruit? Because it's obviously got a lot of sugar, hasn't it? And it's like, well, how much of too much of anything? anything in excess if you have 10 bananas it's probably too many bananas if you have 10 chocolate bars it's probably too many chocolate bars if like you drink too much water you can drown yeah it's like you know it's like oh it's like again we've spoken about it before but like extremities like why do people like they're like okay what's too much because i want to go just like one gram less of too much and then i'll be safe
0: when in reality that client her fruit consumption is probably completely irrelevant to anything. It's not.
1: Yeah. it's. it's she's missed the point. It's totally gone. It's,
0: like, yeah. You jumped over it and you kept running because yeah. what What the fuck? Why does it matter? Because I, I highly doubt I have one client that is sitting at home and binging on a fucking bucket of papayas. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have bad shits, by the way. But also yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not a problem. But yeah. we're gravitate towards these issues because it's something that we can look at see if we do it right or wrong and change because we think mm-hmm. yeah And oh i'm only i'm gonna have one apple and mm-hmm. one orange because um i heard that if you have too much fruit then it's too much sugar and sugar can lead to in, uh, re- uh, irregular insulin spikes.
1: yeah and it's like that's the reason i've maybe say for example oh that's why i've got weight gain problems it's like no <laughs> no 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 no
0: exactly and it's the same like we talk about um you know bodybuilding crossfit like all the the fitness side of things it's like if you google benefits of crossfit right now you'll get you'll get thousands possibly right so if I wanted to do crossfit and I thought that it was better than regular weight training and stuff I could google benefits of crossfit go on it find millions of, of of uh things off google find exactly what I want to read that says yeah it it helps with body composition and uh general fitness which can lead to weight loss I'm right Mm. say to my friends guys you should do crossfit because of this yeah like can you just see how like narrow that is
1: Mm.
0: and that's why (laughs) we need to stop (laughs) to stop doing that because there are ways of exercising that are better for certain people
1: Mm -hmm. this is what exactly yeah and this is it's difficult isn't it and this is why it's difficult to prescribe like a one size fits all for anything in life like i i always find it like a challenge when um say for example um someone comes to sashari with a goal of okay i want to have a fit strong body and like that's my goal right okay cool um but I absolutely um don't want to lift weights or anything like that we've we've spoke about this before and it's like for a lot of people like um, that might be a common misconception maybe they've had a negative experience with it in the past maybe they've done crossfit and it's been like way what their version of lifting weights created injury or was terrifying or whatever it might be um and it's like for a it's difficult because sometimes what people believe that they want, they think they can go another way about getting to it as well. Whereas actually like you and I would always prescribe some sort of weight or resistance training for that goal because we know what the benefits and stuff. But I think sometimes people think they can go around it like with anything, like they can just go, well, that's, yeah, I know you're saying that, but I want this instead and I'm going to do this group class or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's fine but you're not going to get what your, your, your specific goal is. Obviously that was just a very top level goal, but like in more detail. Yeah,
0: um, yeah no, I, yeah, exactly. But that's why I think it's totally important to always go back to the principles and why, and if the client, and if the client understands the concept, for example, of progressive overload volume, whatever, mm-hmm. they if they understood that, and, and I said to a client okay right think for example they do, uh, I've had people who don't want to do CrossFit because they don't want to look like a CrossFit athlete or they don't want to get um you know the, the typical CrossFit like shouldery you know physique um one it might probably won't happen but two it's like do you know why that is have, have a have a little think about why that that CrossFit can lead to that mm. and the fuck load of volume in mm. it so say it was forty reps of shoulder to overhead at uh, uh, and it's 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 high volume at a high percentage, right? Done under fatigue. You're not gonna, you're never gonna do that much volume in a normal weight session. It's totally different. So yeah. to understand that, that's when you can ask the question. Like, oh yeah, but you're you won't get like that. You know why? Why? Oh yeah, because I'm no I'm not doing that volume and it's not under fatigue and. Um, it's not going to be that heavy and I'm
1: like bingo you just answered yeah. answered your own question there That's, if people don't sit with it long enough they don't necessarily know do they No, when in reality
0: in that kind of topic there's, fuck, there's so much in there it's just impossible to explain to someone in five minutes on an Instagram post or even in an email mm. it's, this is why these like we were just talking about in our other call like, this is why
1: conversations have to be had otherwise things just get lost in the dust yeah, yeah, and also that's why people don't make um like real change. And I spoke, th- I spoke this um, I spoke to my uh, Facebook group that I'm doing this January sort of masterclass thing with it at the minute. Yesterday, where it's like that's when real change doesn't happen because eight weeks or whatever transformation and stuff is that real change? Like, would you describe that as real change when you get that photo at the end of it? What's gone on up in here? Because if you don't understand why. Or if you don't understand your specific circumstances and what you're trying to get to the change hasn't happened at all and change doesn't and transformation doesn't happen like in such a short period of time either god
0: honestly i wrote it's the pain of my existence <laughs> it, it annoys me that it frustrates me so much because, like we were just saying in, in the call, like I take myself away from all of it so much because I hate it that much. Mm-hmm. Um that I just I just get frustrated the fact that it frustrates me that much. But I, I get frustrated because of of the intentions of the people that sell it because I know I what, know. Yeah it's not fucking rocket science is it it's very easy to make money that way like anyone could make money that way um yeah it's really tough but hey
1: and it, but it's like authentically like you and i know that our, our job it's like how can we help clients thrive i think is a really good word in all areas of their health because health is like multifaceted right but people think it's physical it's lifting a weight it's running a 5k it's um like aesthetically how little body fat have you got on your body and it's like okay is that is that is that us helping you thrive in every area of your health
0: is it fuck no 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 exactly exactly you're right and it's like um I sent a message to oh Clyde hey, my client on Monday and it was about like are you um sleeping well have you got energy to do your life, basically? Have mm-hmm. you got energy to live your life and do it? Yeah. That's your ability. Um, are you eating what you seem is a balanced diet and not um, not overeating, like, and you're fully aware of it? As in, like, I'm really full, but I'm going to just keep eating and keep eating. Like, are, are you not doing that? Um, are you Have you got energy to do your exercise? Um, there's so many other things, and it's like, that is health in a nutshell but as we were talking about on that call it's like it's so hard to help people understand that fitness is a small part of it it's a it's a very important part but it's still a piece of the pie
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: really it's really really tough it's um it's an ongoing thing and like we said like I don't think we'll ever be able to convey it 100% just it's so hard Mm
1: -hmm. it's so hard Jess it is hard it is really really tricky and and I think it's so interconnected as well isn't it which is when we talk like we said earlier when we talk about physical health we're we're also like we we are acknowledging that we understand the benefits of focusing on your physical health but our goal isn't necessarily just to focus on that one area um And I I think it's like when you pull a lever in one area, the other areas start to align. Absolutely. And the the fitness stuff does help. Like, how many Mm -hmm. times
0: you had a client and then you prescribe two workouts a week and and other things start to fall into place because they're in that mindset of,
1: I exercise now. Yeah, exactly. You're
0: way more likely to go and get a Domino's if you've just done a really good session at the gym. So it's like these habits do lead on to other things.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure sure
0: definitely no it's tough I feel like we've gone on a tangent and what was the topic
1: (laughs) well I don't think we've answered necessarily what we we said but we didn't announce the topic we wanted to talk a little bit around like about like um burnout and where to start which is why we got talking about the 24 hours but then we we went off but we did want to talk about overcomplicating stuff and I think we've definitely covered that um definitely and just like talk about the
0: overcomplicated stuff like principles are just great Mm. They in, in my job i don't know about you jess but if i find myself going off on one which trust me does <laughs> <laughs> i do it all the time and i find myself up this wormhole and then i'll say to to my coach like mass what do you what do you think about this and he's like <sighs> he's like sash what am i gonna say and i'm like you're gonna say okay <laughs> go back to the principal and then i'll be like what are they and i'll say them and he's like Go away and think about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, right, I know this. I know this. But I comp I try and complicate things sometimes. So I'm like, there must be more to it. There must be more to it. And sometimes there is, but sometimes Mm. there's not. Mm. And for the average person, like who just wants to do, like, who wants to look better, feel better, get a bit stronger, um, you know, vitality, longevity, like all of those things, like. The person is complicated, sure, but the prescriptions are are relatively simple. And keeping them simple where they need to be, that's us doing our job. Mm. Overcomplexity, like Mass was saying, like overcomplexity is just you're doing no one any good because they're gonna get confused and you're gonna get confused and you're gonna go down a wormhole of like biomechanics and 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 certain things and principles to do with this, and and you're just like. Okay, but forget all that. Like what yeah. what are we doing here? You know? Yeah.
1: But yeah, so I do it all the time. But that is what makes us curious as coaches, right? And that's a good thing. So it's like we, you might think, oh God, I'm overcomplicating like in our own in our own coaching um sort of day to day. Oh god, I'm overcomplicating it, but not because we're staying curious. And even if it brings us back to the same answer, it's still us exploring more. Um and I think that's what make that's what makes a great coach, right? You're interested.
0: I think it's, I think it's what makes a coach, to be honest. Mm. And, and you know, I, I I can happily say that I think I'm very good at my job, and I think the reason I'm very good at my job is because I never take an answer for an answer. Mm. I, I want to know, like, and Matt always says this to me. He is like curiosity is like in your bones, and I'm like. I will think about stuff in in, you know, not in an obsessive way. A lot of the time, sometimes, yeah, maybe, (laughs) but, um, I want to know, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to know things and it's not about the cash and it's not about this. It's just like, I just, if a client's got a problem and I'm like,
1: Ooh. Yeah. Why?
0: Oh, why, why are we thinking this? And some, you know what? Like I had a call with my client Gemma on Monday night and I just had another call. And in the call previous, we, we literally had like a, Oh, I was like, that? I said, and I've been working with this girl for uh, almost 16 months, the one before, and she never said that before. And I was like, whoa, 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 rewind, shush. <laughs> I was like, go back, go back to that. And then, we, and then I was like, you've never said that. She's like, have I not? I was like, no. And I was like, and that's fine. You know, if it took you this long to say it, it's totally fine, but that, there's so much in that. And that, mm-hmm. can, and that can help us so much, which led me to think about this. And then I told Gemma afterwards. I, like, I think I just had a light bulb moment. She was like, "That's mega." And I was like, "I was like, yeah." And it stuff makes sense now. And I think because we've been chatting around that kind of stuff, it then got her to a point where she was like, "I can say this now."
1: Yeah, sure.
0: It's relevant when before she would have probably thought, "Oh yeah, well I know it's a thing, but it's got nothing to do with my pull-ups."
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny isn't it like and 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 that's why we need to ask those questions because what people think has got nothing to do with their health actually has a much bigger part to play than they will ever let on whether it's and and again i say this around like we're not we're not your therapist but Mm. if you tell us something that's happened in the past that makes you the way you are today then that like whether it's your behaviors with food whether it's that um car accident when you're in when you're a teenager that impacts the way that you move your shoulder or all these things you might just be like nah but it's important it really does help um so dig deeper in your own health I think would be like the takeaway is like be curious with your own health be curious about why you do certain things like why the way why you are the way you are Exactly and sometimes it's just as
0: like this one I also won't say the details of it but this one was just something simple as what someone had said to that person. Oh yeah. When they said it I was like first of all what a mm-hmm.
1: The
0: Second of all okay everything makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Everything that we've been trying to get to the bottom of that I just I was really trying but I just couldn't figure out. Everything now makes well not 100% sense but everything now makes way more sense because... Yeah. Said that, and I and I can totally put myself in your position. I went before I couldn't, and I was trying to help you, but I couldn't do it. But now, I probably feel similar if someone said that to me. Yeah, I'd be like, and and I was like, okay, well, that's hard because it's obviously stuck in your mind for the last five six years. But at least you know that that all that was was a sentence that came out of someone's mouth, and they probably weren't thinking about it that much. so just, be- pl-
1: yeah, I always think that like that person will never even they wouldn't even remember that they said that I was like that person who said that to you how do you think they would feel if they
0: knew that to this day you had got yourself into a position as you are now because of what they said that they probably just said in passing and she was like yeah that's it's pretty mental actually I was like yeah so I'm not saying that you should just forget about it because it's not that easy but just think of the relevance of that sentence to your life and the relevance of that sentence to theirs they do, they probably don't remember saying it yet it's something that you play in over and over again in your mind
1: yeah absolutely.
0: exactly nothing to do with that's got absolutely nothing to do with her own fitness right but it's relevant because it's shaped the way she feels about this certain thing today which is why it why it has to matter to me but it wouldn't have mattered back then because it's got nothing to do with it like she could argue oh you know what's that got to do with this it's like Well, obviously a lot otherwise we wouldn't be in this situation something like that can affect you so much so something that someone might have said um something that you read something that you watched something that a family member said which is unfortunately you the the culprit sometimes yeah god there's so much in it and it could just be as simple as that so if you're ever thinking like why do I feel like this why do I feel like this have a think has there ever been someone that said something to you that's just stuck in your mind like I've got stuff I've got stuff that mm. about all the time and I'm, it doesn't affect me as much as so I'm more aware of it but I'm like because they said that I felt like this all this time
1: when they probably don't remember saying it yeah it's, it's it's mad. It's, it's funny even like one of my really good mates from uni I said something to him um not long ago I said oh I always, re- I always remember when you said that to me like when we were at uni and he's like oh god that's awful why would I have said that? and it wasn't like it, he, he didn't insult me like we were we're friends but it like really stuck in my mind that he'd said this thing and he said oh my god I can't believe I said that he was like, I can't believe you've remembered that as well and he was like isn't it just so different how we are we change so much and like we regret like and there'll be things that we've said that we're like oh god I'd hate for someone to remember that that's what I said or it stuck with them in that way or even if it was taken out of context and like said someone interpreted it. like it's all these things isn't it like and if you've already got hang-ups on certain things and someone says something it's obviously much more likely to stick like that's a big one
0: exactly it's like the rate I always think of the Rachel and friends when Ross makes the list mm there's that thing doesn't she I think I've said it on the podcast before she goes imagine everything that you don't like about yourself imagine the one person that you love most in the world not only um reading and knowing what they are but thinking them too mm. is uh, as much as it's friends and it's it's Jennifer Anderson. but i every time I think about that I'm like that's so true like imagine everything that you like dislike about the way you look or your personality or your character or the way you react to things imagine writing them all down Showing them to the one person you love the most in the world and then being like, yeah, I agree with that.
1: You'd be yeah, like, yeah.
0: oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... What is it, is, well, like, often the things that we hate about ourselves, it's actually, like, what people would maybe say is, like, our most endearing qualities or, like, they love or... like, And you could ask, like, prime example being, like, your partner or, like, your friend or someone. And it's, like, if you're the type of person who's ever put yourself down and like they've been like oh no I love I love you smile or oh my god no I love I love that like then you kind of y- sometimes you might think that that's them just saving face yeah. but, or for them to notice something about you and say it to you before you're even thinking all of a sudden you're like oh it like totally changes changes your view yeah. um absolutely no it's so true it's absolutely so true I think like um one of the best bits of advice is like it's talking or thinking to yourself Like you would a friend, like the whole be kind thing, like we said earlier, but it's like how many people actually apply that to themselves every single day?
0: No one. And it's, I've said this on a podcast before. And in fact, one of my clients has an email list and he, um, he did an email about it this morning and it's uh, from the Jordan Peterson book. And it's, I've said it loads of times before in this. Oh, by the way, and I got an email from Noom asking me if I wanted (laughs) (laughs) to. Thanks. Um, and it was, uh, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping Mm. and it's like the one of the rules from his uh, first book and it's like and he says your mistreatment of yourself can have catastrophic consequences for others and it's so true so like let's just I'll just uh, use a made-up person as example but let's just say um I hate my body I hate my body I'm ugly I'm fat I hate this I hate this I hate this your partner who obviously doesn't agree with you i hope um imagine you just berating yourself again and again saying i'm ugly um i hate my body i hate this like it might affect your ability to be intimate with each other um it will probably put you have an effect on your mood which means that you'll there'll be lack of enjoyment in things like eating out and stuff so your partner just wants to hang out with you because they love you Mm with you and they want to be able to just you know be naked and and, <laughs> and go out for a nice dinner and and have some wine and not have to think about the calories of it and whatever and it's like berating yourself is not only horrendous to you and and quite toxic but like the person who loves you most in the world is just going to be sat there like I know if not that he would but if Dan was like that I'd absolutely I'd be like oh my god like you're the way you are is absolutely fine and I wouldn't change it for the world but he like I'll just reiterate he's not saying this (laughs) but if he says oh I hate this I'm shit at this I'm hate I I I wouldn't know what to do Mm. but oh my god like you're great just Mm. and and I imagine that's so hard in a relationship so as much as you have to think about it from you know your own point of view it's like think about what that's doing to the the people you love because it's actually a bit grim I say that to clients if they come in the gym and say something. I'm like, "Hey, hey, less of that."
1: Yeah, yeah. Leave that at the door. I'm not interested.
0: I don't want you to come in and say, "I'm fat and I I hate this." I'm like, I don't want that. Let's come in and have a nice, you know, because it makes me feel a bit. That might be a bit selfish, but if someone comes in after training with me for a long time they I'm fat and I, I I'm fat and I hate everything about myself, I'll just be like,
1: oh. But it's, I think as well, like from your point, it's not necessarily the selfish thing, but it's almost like positive reinforcement. If someone comes in and they say, "I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that," and every sing, every single time, I'm not talking about a one-off. I'm talking about every single time yeah. you pander to it and say, "Like, oh, you're not." It's like, how long can you do that dance for of going round and round in that circle? It's like it needs to come to an end. And I, I agree, like because I've had clients like it before when I've done one to one, where it does come to a point where you say, "You leave that at the door. We're not doing that today." I don't yeah, that's, we're not doing that. Like, like, instead, I want you to flip that on its head. And it's like, I always think as well, it's like hate, like hating yourself. The opposite of that isn't self-love for a lot of people. Self-love sounds a bit cheesy, a bit indulgent, like a bit, oh God, yeah, Jess, I'm never gonna wake up in the mirror and say, I love you, I love you, you are fabulous. <laughs> like, oh my God, da, da, da. it's not gonna happen. And for a lot of people, it will never happen. And that's okay. But what I do say to clients is get better at maybe acknowledging the things that you like or you think are not your worst things or whatever it might be. So flipping it on its head from a client that I've had in the past who, I mean, it's even my my client, Sarah, who's been with me for a while now. um, And she said, like, one of the things that stuck with her when we first started working together was not necessarily saying stop doing that, but start doing the positives. So don't say stop stop saying you hate yourself stop saying I'm fat stop saying I'm ugly stop saying I'm all these negative emotions that you might not associate with like who you want to be but instead start saying do you know what like my hair looks all right today (laughs) do you know what I'm trying I'm doing my best we're all doing our best right and it's like it might not be the soppy lovey version of self-love that maybe you struggle to get on board with but it's much better than the other end of the spectrum
0: Exactly and it, it, I hate I hate I can't believe I'm going to say this sentence but it kind of goes back to the Molly Mae thing <laughs> <laughs> if you think like I have some well let's just talk about on a on a, a female level just because it's easier for us to, us to emphasize but I have so many women in my life obviously in my job and in my life who are literally like do the most mega things ever mm. to the point where I'm like you know, I've got a client who's a fucking consultant surgeon, has just been nominated for this British education thing, and she uh, is in a singing quartet, and she's got two kids, and it's like, you are doing, that is insane, like, good for you, I've got other clients who do just as amazing things, oh, I've moved to Dubai, oh, I escaped, you know, I went here, I moved to Australia, um, and did this, and it's all amazing stuff, but i'm not saying these particular people do this in fact these are kind of the people that don't but there are some people who do amazing things but all they give a shit about is the way they look it's like look like molly like ever we put her on a pedestal because she's pretty done anything else yeah maybe you have but that's not why you're famous mm. you know what i mean so it's like it goes back to the cheesy old saying like you are much more than the way you look but you literally are mm-hmm. the way you appear to certain people is like fucking so trivial. It doesn't matter. Just that eh, whatever. But trying to communicate that is really, really, really tough. And that's like adding the good things that you just said. Instead of saying I hate my, I was about to say feet, for
1: example. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn, goddamn feet. To be honest, my feet are marathon scummy. So mine aren't my favorite part of my body, ATM. But instead
0: of like like um like for example, when I when I was younger, um, I got, like I said to you before, like I got boobs really young. And it wasn't cool then because I was almost like really young. So I so I did this all the time. And for those who can't see, in fact, everyone who can't see, we're on a podcast, I pulled my shoulders forward and like um just kind of stayed in this shape all the time. So always trying to hide them. My mom says she remembers me sitting like this and like I'd wear big hoodies and I just and 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 now. I'm locked in that position and I'll never get out of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: so think about how it can affect you in the long run when really
1: so what mm. I, I had tits at school <laughs> it's having just question Is having no boobs still cool because I can okay no boobs is cool great I'm in fashion
0: kind of, I think it's very cool to have big boobs but it's also cool to have small ones. So I think we're both good.
1: I think we're both good. <laughs> Is this like going back to the whole episode where we where we literally did a whole episode on you talking about boobs, itty bitty boobs? Um...
0: <laughs> it's just one of those things. That's like that's it was such a big thing for me when I was younger. But we need to be careful about how these thoughts impact us in the future. So, like I said, when I went to a specialist about the the pains I was having, it was all stemmed from that. Yeah specialist who but who has worked with like some of the best athletes in the world like he's fucking mental it took me three months to get an appointment he was like when you were younger did you like I don't know um did you were you self-conscious about something did you used to like hunch over a lot and I was like um mm. mm. I was like well funny you say finally you should say that I did I did this for about six seven years he was like oh yeah he was like you can improve it but you know is what it is I was like oh well fuck me <laughs> yeah it was my fault because I was so self-conscious about something that didn't matter that I literally forced my body into position that it didn't want to be in and now it's locked yeah like that's another reason why we need to be careful about what we say because it can not only affect us mm. but affect other people and it might even affect you know I, I'll probably have a glass neck for the rest of my life like I always have now you know and, and yeah. I So you've got to think about how it affects other people and how it affects yourself, not just saying it.
1: I have a lot of clients as well who are like mums and they say to me like one of their first goals is like, I don't want my child to grow up thinking mum's always on a diet or mum hates her body or whatever. And it's like, if you're aware of that, brilliant. Not everybody is aware of that. But like, if, if you grew up in an environment and I've got clients who are maybe similar age to me who talk about their mum being weight obsessed and that's like literally all they can think about because every time she, they go see their their mom or their family it's about weight it's conversations about weight all the time like I had a client I spoke to yesterday Linda she um, has been with me for nearly a year she has lost weight but for her goal in the beginning was very weight driven and it's not at all anymore and over Christmas she said like her mum was talking a lot about weight and she said I just removed myself from the conversation because that's not something I'm interested in I don't need to engage in it and it's, like, being aware of, like, Sasha says, like, that what you do and what you say has a big impression on those people around you. But it also has an impression on, like, your future self so much. It's, like, really. Literally. Really it
0: it. As, in it, as in it's not just, like, a language thing. It affects it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, body shit, like, me. For, so that, that's, like, so obviously there's genetics, which is DNA, right? And then there's epigenetics, which is... The stuff that is affected by your environment and your behaviors, but doesn't change your DNA. And then you've got environment, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that like kind of shape the person you are. So genetically, I w- wasn't gonna have a bad back and a bad neck because that wasn't in my DNA. But then my behaviors forced it, which might inherently change my DNA. Mm-hmm. It's like that is fucking bonkers that is literally insane and that's the same with weight. and it's like it's not just oh you've eaten too much me, me, me. like we know that now but it's like genetics epigenetics and then dna mm-hmm. one you can't change your dna is your dna But epigenetics is so important because it, it's uh, in fact let's look at the just um because my dictionary definition is probably terrible if i just google the word um
1: Webster's yep. dictionary defines
0: <laughs> so epigenetics is the study of how your behaviours and environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work. So, unlike genetic changes, epigenetic changes are reversible and do not change your DNA. Sorry, I got that mixed up. So, um, but they can change how your body uh, reads the DNA sequence. Obviously, there's loads in that, and I'm not going to go into that. But it's, mm. it's really important when it comes to you know body shape, uh, body size, and everything like that. So mm-hmm. the environment is such a massive part of that, and that's why, like you just said about people's mums, and like I know so many people that have um, disordered eating patterns around food because of their mums.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and us, Jess, mm-hmm. me, I know, I know you want kids in the future. I'm not 100 sure yet, but we might be mums, and the way we speak about this is going to directly affect them. Mm-hmm. I know people that have literally developed anorexia. And it was kind of out of the blue from someone I knew, and then I found out that their mum had anorexia. Yeah,
1: you know
0: what I mean, so it's like your environment is so important, and that's why I think if you've got kids and stuff, you need to really watch what you say, because mm-hmm. kids are so impressionable, and they will listen to what you say and take it for gospel. Because they're my mum; she knows best. You know, she's my carer. She's my the person that I spend the most time with.
1: It's a yeah prime example being like as we grow up like people who reward them like don't get me wrong food's obviously one of the many pleasures in life and it's like people who reward themselves with food it's like where's that come from oh when I was younger my mum would say if I was good I could have this and if I was bad I wasn't allowed oh, it yeah oh, okay cool that makes sense like little bits like that it's just it, it all yeah it all it all adds up uh-huh. God I feel like we've put like quite a lot of bases today. And I need a way <laughs> And to end Sasha is going to yeah, do
0: we've done a good amount of stuff on that. I think we could probably even go on on that for for a long time.
1: Yeah, that was a really good one. and hopefully it was quite like a meaningful I think for a lot of people take away like take away some stuff from that. One of the things that I'm trying to get better this year at with books, with podcasts is like when I listen to them, like sitting with it and thinking, okay, what do I take away from that? Can I implement anything? Because we absorb stuff, but how many of you are going to listen to this and then go on to something else straight away? So maybe just have a little think if there's anything that you could action.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And thanks for listening, of course. Thanks, team. And we'll be back with episode 33 next Lovely. week. Lovely stuff. Lovely. Thanks, bit. everybody. Bye, bye, bye. bye, bye.